All right, welcome to episode two of That Sport, John. I'm Claypot, and Spike here with you. But our special guest this week, or this episode, our dear friend, Sammy Boards, Sam Abramson. Sam, how are you today, bud? I'm doing great, Clay. How about you? Uh, I'm doing just good. Uh, I wish the Flyers would be playing better right now, but they're not. Uh, I wish the Eagles would be playing better right now, but they're not. But I got the Sixers and the, um, well, that's about it. Uh, you'll, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> It'll be all right. The Sixers are going to have a great year, so it is what it is. Yeah, they better make a few trades, though, first. Sam Boards, how about the Seas? Oh. Holy shit, right? I have been having plenty of fun watching them Celtics over the past few weeks. Thank you for bringing that up, Mike. They're nuts. Um, of course, of course. 11-2 and two now. Sky is the limit for this team. No I'm, Gordon. I'm loving them. I don't, there's, the amazing thing about the Celtics team is that there's no expectations at all. So if they don't play well, you're not as mad as you were last season. But they have the potential to to make a huge run in the postseason. Maybe win the East. Probably not win the finals. But they have potential to have more success than they've had in the past couple seasons. No, yeah, they're just way too small. The teams um, they've played, though, haven't been the best. Like, they haven't played great teams. And before. there it is. I'm just saying. Well, no, no, no. Clay does have a point, but they played some good teams. They played the Bucks. They beat the Bucks. They did beat the Bucks. It, it, it's weird to say, but they beat the Bucks. They play the Clippers. The Suns are like. I'll give them yeah, the Suns and I'll give them San Antonio and the Bucks. I'll give them those three. I'm not sure yes. they had much else on, the, on their schedule. There was one more there. No, it ain't Philly because y'all lost to us. So. Yeah, but that was like, also the first team of the season. Don't yeah. forget, the Celtics beat Philly last year. Yeah, I know the first three. We were like, here, here's the here's the thing about that Philly loss It's like we knew there would be like a transition period for Kemba. We didn't know it was going to be one game. No, yeah, I, I know. I, I, it took him one game to get acclimated, and that was kind of sick. That was pretty. My thing with I, that I, I game was that even though we lost, I loved watching that game because a Kemba did not play well. But Jalen Brown played pretty well, and Gordon Hayward Gordon played Hayward well. Is... So I was like, "All right, Gordon Hayward's like, actually be fun eventually." Gordon Hayward was going to be an all star. Pieces in place here to win games. Correct. I said it last year because I a, an empty backcourt, not an empty backcourt, obviously because we replaced Kyrie with Kemba, but a backcourt where the ball moves around and doesn't stick to Kyrie's hands is going to like open up a whole new world to Gordon Hayward. A whole for new sure, year. for sure. He was averaging like twenty eight and seven. Until he got hurt, and now he's not gonna probably not gonna make an All Star game, but he was playing like an All Star. He um, was being great. He was great, and I think he'll be fine when he comes back too. Because a he broke his offhand, yeah, and he like upper body injuries typically they're fine. And did you hear what he even had to say about the injury? It was like, what? did you hear what he had to say about the injury? He said it's like a like a drop in the bucket. Like, what does that mean? What's the saying? It's basically just like this is no big deal. I mean, yeah, I mean, well, I, I mean, mean dude, he's obviously like, been through much worse. Like, like we've all seen okay, it. This is nothing yeah. for him, I guess. I mean, it's still dribbling, but nah, it's just, but if, it, if it was a shooting, like, guy, I, I'd be more like I said to you boys all of last year, it is still very early. Just no, this yeah. time, it's they're playing well and not bad. So there's still plenty of basketball to be played, right. and nothing really matters until playoff starts. Tomorrow's a good game though for them. They're playing the Clippers. Yeah. And it's probably going to be the first game all year when Kawhi and Paul George play together. True. Really? True, that's right. Yeah. So that's, that's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to watch. Is it Georgia's first game or? 
I haven't seen. No, him. he's been playing. He, uh, yeah, but he they've dropped been, 33 the other night. Have they been going on and off? They're, they're load management. Yeah, they're and just, they're just not on the same schedule. No, that's so weird. But tomorrow night is the night where they're gonna have like the eclipse, and they're gonna play together until like we see like post Christmas is when they finally probably play more consistent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the NBA could have a shorter season. I feel like that would help a lot, but at the same time, teams are gonna do what they have to do, so it doesn't matter. Um, I, so I personally don't think the season needs to be shortened that much. Just because I think that, other than football, NBA regular season games, even though they might not matter as much, they're so much fun to watch in comparison to like MLB games or NHL games, I feel like. Oh, no. I'd, I'd honestly rather watch uh, NHL if, um, more times than the NBA. At least right I, now. I, I don't just, really I, watch either until playoffs. I'm around. just in a hockey mood right now for no reason, so that's what my feeling is right now. I mean, I, watch, I watch both the Flyers and Sixers equally. but I And mean, obviously, it's also personal preference, too. But I feel like because there are so many stars in basketball, like, every game is entertaining. Right. You know? I hate the era of, um, what's it called? Like resting and load management. Load management. I hate the era of load management. The era or the time of year? No, like we have entered right the now? era of load management. This, what we're seeing now with like the whole Kawhi playing like 60 games a year. Joel Embiid, I understand, has had like injuries in the past. So is Kawhi. But like the guys who have like, you can't tell me th- these guys are fully healthy. These guys are basically, yeah, some, but they're only playing 60 games a year because they want them down the stretch. So that's why I would be in favor of shorting the NBA season. If this is really how coaches I would say owners feel. Games. I'd say go to 72. That's what I would say. Yeah, sure. I'm down for that. But, like, I mean, I, I think, like, I don't okay. want to use bad words, but I honestly think God, it's it's just soft. It's weak. Like, I mean, come on. And, like, the organizations who don't believe in, like, load management end up, like, guys, like, with, you know, I mean, part of the – Part of like the whole playoff thing is almost like running out of gas towards the end down the stretch. Who's got the stamina? Who's got the legs? But now with load management, teams willing to take like the fourth or the fifth seed to lose a couple games during the year to rest their stars just so they're like ready to go in the playoffs. It's kind of just like, I mean, come on. At, at what point are you like not even playing to win? Well, I mean, I there mean, used to be pride I mean, in like being the one seed. But what worked? Yeah, exa- Raptors, I know. I know. Raptors, I understand. Raptors won worked. the chip last year and they beat they beat the Bucks and the Sixers, who both didn't do that. And then they also beat Golden State. So I mean, you can't the say thing it's, not is, work, though, it's not wrong. If you shorten the season, do you think it'll change into instead of they play sixty games, like guys like Kawhi and Embiid play forty games? I think they're going to do no, it no matter what. I, I don't think, think that's what happened. Either, no, because, because it's all they're relative. Already, they're already wanting to play sixty games, so that's fine then. No, it's all relative. Though. Unless you're unless you get injured, of course. It's all relative. But like, do you think that they're looking at it as like okay, because these guys have played sixty games? And I play forty games. I'm gonna be in better. Exactly. That's what I'm. That's what, that's what I'm talking about. It's all relative. It's just like load management is here, and I don't think there's any way to combat it. Unfortunately, unless you found a way to like punish or penalize teams, but there's nothing you can do. There's nothing the NBA can do about it. Now, I just think it's kind of weak, and I think it, it's it's soft of a lot of players. And I see it from players who I'm very surprised to see it from. I didn't think Kawhi would be the type of guy to accept that. I thought he'd be one of those guys who would be out there grinding every day, wanting to play every day. But we're not seeing that, unfortunately. One of the, and one like, of the things about the NBA that's so different to other sports, too, is that the players have so much more power yeah, than in any other right. league. So the NBA really can't do anything about it because if the players don't want to do it, like they have so much hold that it doesn't matter. You yeah. Know? You have a point. And I can see that a lot, too. I mean, 
players, if they say they want out, they can go wherever the hell they, they can go yeah, wherever they want. They can go where, like LeBron was like, hey, uh, guys, I can go team up. I want. Butler like chose to where he wanted to be traded. Um, players do it all the time, and there's nothing wrong with it. And like obviously, like everybody was afraid of super teams, and that's what happened with the Warriors. But now this year, the the league became more balanced than it has in the last how many years? Like five to seven, probably. Like since LeBron was in Miami. You're you're right. And that's just because Golden State's like what two and fourteen. I mean, like something ridiculous. Well, I they wouldn't even they wouldn't even be like a two loss team or one. They'd probably be in the same boat as the Sixers right now. They with just uh, Clay and Curry and Draymond. I mean, it would be like the old Warriors. It would be like the original Warriors that beat LeBron. The first yeah, time. I always said the core's still there. Like, yeah, should you? The you Warriors are gonna be fine. They're, They're gonna, gonna be fine. Well, Curry's not. Curry's probably not coming back now though. He yeah. might, he Before the season out. started, my pick for MVP was Steph. But because the opportunity was there, still such a consistent player. Like I thought he was going to drop like thirty-four points a game this season. Yeah, but obviously yeah. that didn't end up happening. But the Warriors are going to be fine. And I still, yeah, like post this year, they're going to be fine. I just don't think it's going to work out this year. They don't have Clay for how long? And now Curry's until like probably, at least May. And Curry's not. I don't think Clay's playing this season. I don't think. Like, no, I, don't I think I'll be either stupid. of them. It's not. Here I'm talking about loan management. Now that I see their seasons in the but toilet, just, I'm saying like it, he shouldn't come very, back. It's very but it, no, different. This is very different. It is very different. You don't want to just waste like something and then you risk having yeah, the yeah, worst yeah, thing happen where you tear something else. Absolutely, it's out. It's it's completely different. Um, but yeah, that's the state of the NBA now. I just wanted to get my two cents in about load management. I mean, like guys used to want to play every day, and now I mean the they schedule should. is too condensed. I think the schedule is too condensed. Um, I think load management wouldn't exactly be necessary. Like these back-to-back road, like like road trips. Like Celtics play like what five games in seven days on this road trip, something ridiculous like that. Back-to-backs on the road, like you can't have that. Like, and obviously players are going to be resting on the second half of a back-to-back. So it's a lot better for the league too when the stars are playing. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. For the poor people who buy tickets to a game, they spend like hundred dollars to sit like lower bowl, and then all of a sudden like Kawhi's not playing. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to see last year's no, yeah. Clippers. I want to see this year's Clippers. Disappointing. I want to see the MV- the NBA or the future or a possible NBA MVP. Yeah. I mean, I, there's there's con- there's pros and cons to both things like there isn't everything in sports. And I feel like we're just going to have to deal with this and it's just not going to change unless unless the NBA makes a rule. Which I don't really think you can make a rule about players. Yeah, playing. exactly. There really is nothing they can there's do. Be, like, don't they have like a collective bargaining agreement too? Or no? Or is that just... I'm not sure, but I, I wouldn't be surprised like, if it was. But I think every, all the players would have an uproar about it, especially LeBron. <laughs> like we know LeBron would. It's just what defines an injury is such a gray area now, where it's like we don't want them to play if they don't if, if they're not comfortable with playing, and we would rather have them later on in the season. But like they're probably okay. There was that crazy stat that uh, Kyrie never played a game in Cleveland after his very first game on the seas and everyone's getting all excited for like the Brooklyn game over Thanksgiving break when um, the Nets are coming to Boston. But I was thinking about it and I mean, he might not play for all we know. Right. It's a very, and like, obviously that could be like, I mean, that that's not as much like the injury thing. That's more like the Kyrie being like a little, you know, but <laughs> but he uses the same excuse. He's like, "Oh, like I have like a knee injury tonight," and I just I I do agree with you, Mike. That like these fake injuries to just get some rest. I don't think it's 
I don't think it's good for the game necessarily. Like, do I think it's a good strategy that works? And it was proven for like the Raptors this past season, but I don't think it's good for the game overall. Like, I don't, I'm not really sure if I believe that Kawhi's had an actual injury at all yet. I really don't think he has. He wanted to leave San Antonio. He didn't have no this year, this year, year. no, not this year. He he just the path. What what, what did Wade do when he was with the Spurs? He tore his. No, no, I'm talking about this year. I'm not talking about his past. No, yeah, there was nothing. There was nothing wrong with him this year. No, that's what I'm saying. This is just the way that organizations deal with why. Because like they could say something. He's still using that injury as an excuse not to play every day. I mean, who knows? Something could still be messed up. It is. The Clippers should probably be like in in first place right now. Like if Kawhi and Paul George play every single game, that's one of the best defenses in basketball. And like, yeah, they don't care about being the one seed. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. They don't care about being the one seed. No, they don't. That's the thing about you don't have to be the one seed anymore. No. The Celtics were the one seed with IT, but like everyone looked at it and they were just like, this doesn't matter because LeBron didn't play. LeBron, yeah, LeBron didn't even want to be the one seed. The Bucks were the one yeah. seed, it didn't matter. No, two years ago. No, I know, I'm saying last year. Yeah, no. Exactly, though, too. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying, another example, yeah. Um, but, anyways, I think. And home court, like, I mean, like, we, we not, like, in the Celtics Bucks series last year when the Bucks knocked us out, not a single team won at home in that series. Really? Yeah. Until the Bucks eventually like knocked us out. But like the Celtics took two and I think it actually no, I've got no. it mixed up. I've got it mixed up. But No, you, you did get mixed up. No. We lost like four straight games, so like we had to lose. On I'm the road. Saying, like, home but court. we did take one. Home court is just not as valued anymore. Or it's not as valued in the NBA as it is in other sports. The the home field advantage of basketball might not matter as much as it used to. I I think it matters more than it does in in other sports. Like, I don't think home field matters in baseball very much. And it it doesn't matter in hockey as much. It definitely does in football. (laughs) We know that it mattered for the 2017 Astros. (laughs) Uh, yeah, well, I don't I know. Mean, look at Brady at Gillette, you know, like, home field matters more in some sports than others. You can say that about the Astros because of this controversy, but, like, they still didn't win a game at home. Oh, wait, hold on. Let's, let's shift gears for one second. I'm in a clear minority here, but I have no problems with them stealing signs. Oh, no, I don't Because every team does it. But, <laughs> like, but I have no... I just think with a camera... And they the just got caught. It ...is the other way. But every team No, steals. but there's TVs, like, all over the place, though. You you can steal signs with someone watching the game on TV if you wanted to. That's true. Yeah. You there's can, just, like, have, like, Jose Altuve call his buddy, like, sitting at home and, like, get get the signs if you wanted to. Yeah, the, just there's, like, that time overlap, which might be... Questionable, but no, you're totally right. There are too many ways that to like to get around the whole rule of not cheating, and every team does do it. Yeah, like people are panicking about like oh, like screw the Astros, like they're cheating, like it's stealing signs. I did that when I was 11 years old. Like, <laughs> like the, the second baseman will be or the second baseman will be standing back there doing whatever to say, hey, this is a fastball, this is a curveball, watch out or something. It's nothing new. But at the same time, like, I still understand how signs get stolen when catchers put... I mean, you... Catchers nowadays are putting down multiple signs when no one's even on base. That's how paranoid Their people are. fingers are so fast. Like, sometimes com- commentators are like, oh, he's throwing this. I'm like, how did you figure that out? 
Like, yeah, I don't know how they figured it out, to be honest. <laughs> like, do they have some sort of algorithm, like, on, like, a, some sort of computer? Ho- like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how, like, well, the sign stealing even works. Because, like, how half they the time, decode what the catcher's putting down. Because he puts down, like, ten signs. Half the time, catchers and pitchers will change it up in between the games. And maybe even between innings. Like, it's Even during at-bats. Like, exactly. When, like, all right, now, that's what I did when I, last year in club with Dom. Yeah. When we went up to bat, we saw kids, we knew what was coming. So, we're like, all right, we're going to go to the second team. I was like, all right, cool. Then we went up next inning. We made it the third one. It's it's nothing uncommon, but at the same time, it's like, how do you steal that? And if you think you're stealing, and if you think you're stealing signs confidently, and you're getting it wrong, that's even more detrimental to the batter than him just not even knowing anything. I saw one more where where one of the videos where they slowed it down and it went bang, bang, bang. Uh Then you see the pitch, and I think Bregman still fouled it off or swung and missed. I mean, so that doesn't help either. But Sam, what do you think about like? What could happen to the Astros? Do you think anything major is going to happen? Because there are people. No, that, there are no people... there's no. Are there rules in place that say you can't steal signs? Yes. Like involving like technology, like in general. Yes. I don't know. I yeah. just there's no. It won't be like a major punishment. Like, there are people it, saying something we like haven't seen before, if anything. And I don't think the Astros care about that that much. Yeah, there there are some people that say that it's going to be something we've never seen before. I don't think they're going to take away their titles. I don't think you can physically. No, no, that's not possible. No, I, they're not going to do that. But what do you think? Was there you, proof of them doing it when they won? If there are, yeah, yeah, that's the only problem with this year. They didn't win at home, and that's when they had them. So I mean, size stealing is difficult enough as it is, even when you're trying to. Exactly. Whether or not it worked, I just think it's not worth punishing them like that. I just think there are so many other worse things you can do to cheat. Than stealing signs, which no, is yeah, not that hard to do. Like or... it's so, like sometimes they probably like can even do it sometimes without even realizing it. You oh, know, yeah. because like they have TVs and stuff all over the place. It's just don't they have TVs in the dugout? And every yeah. home dugout, I feel like, has those cameras. You you see them on TV. Yeah. Like you go down the stairs and stuff, and there's broadcasts of the game all all over the. It's not like the Astros are the only team that have cameras or like screens in the dugout to see what's going on. They have iPads down in the dugouts anyway, so so they can look at like previous like replays too. How did this story so even how do you break? Know that I don't know. I I don't. Know I just don't care if the Astros are stealing signs. I no, feel like I that's either. just a, like, that's a part of baseball. The whole exactly. reason that that we were even talking about the Astros stealing signs is because of something stupid their GM did when he was like, "Oh, I'm so glad we signed Ozuna. I'm so glad we signed Ozuna." Like, just don't draw unnecessary attention to yourself, and then you won't get busted for stealing. They literally opened an investigation into a GM yelling, I'm so glad we signed Ozuna to a bunch of female reporters, and then all of a sudden, like, they're getting caught for stealing signs. That's how easy it probably was to catch that. I saw a thing that it was, like, it was, like, scouts that fired them. They weren't even investigating them stealing signs. They were literally investigating the situation, probably walked into the clubhouse, saw, like, some TVs and cameras, and they were probably just like, huh. That's fishy. Like, that's, I don't even know, like, what happened there, but, like, to get caught when they're not even investigating that in particular is kind of just, like, tells you everything you need to know about teams stealing signs. It's that easy, and everyone does it. If they had to go through, like, a lot of effort to do this, like, say it was, I don't know, like, 30 years ago, and they had to have, like, yeah. uh, like, that would be an elaborate scheme. And stuff like that. That would be a little suspect. <laughs> but in today's day and age, with the way technology is, I just 
don't see the difference between stealing signs like this and like stealing signs when there's a runner on second base. Right. And like you can get mad when they steal signs like that, but it's just a part of baseball. Someone's gonna get a ball in their hole. But And I also wouldn't be surprised if, if other teams were doing this. If the Red Sox did this, I literally would not care. And What's his name? And they're no. also being investigated. <laughs> no, they were cleared. Oh, they're cleared? I, I think so. I saw a report today that they were cleared. There's no, like the commissioner of MLB came out and said there's no reason to believe that sign stealing went any further than the 2017 Astros. Alright. It's just so stupid. I don't I don't get it. Yeah. Well I, I just what? It is what it is though. Yeah. Well I think we're gonna move on from that one. Um as it's just it's just kind of a pointless topic at this point. I don't think anything's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to talk about one Mr. Lamar Jackson. This dude has been on fire. You can't deny it. He's beaten the last three quarterbacks he's beaten were Tom Brady. um, Well, I just lost my train of thought. I just just totally lost my train of thought. I apologize. I'm not even like, yeah, they're winning games or blowing teams out. But the thing that strikes me most about Lamar is he has like one or two plays a game where it's just like, how the hell did he do that? Like he looks like he's like a like he looks like he's playing on like a schoolyard. It's like yeah, he's getting wins. He's a he's a winning quarterback at the moment. But some of the like plays that he makes are just so electric, and that we haven't seen them on a football field rarely ever. And it's kind of just like, oh no, yeah, I got it now. I apologize. He's a highlight reel. He's just, code. he's just amazing. He's mad. The last three quarterbacks he's beaten in the last three of the four games was Russell Wilson, Tom Brady. Although Brady's played like shit this year, and you cannot deny that. And then Deshaun Watson. I'm not going to say Brady's played like shit, but we're still not in one. What does that say? Your defense has, has been played well, and you haven't played our, this team. The Patriots are more than Tom Brady, that's all I'm saying. Our receiving core is not good, and our offensive line has had a couple of gaping holes. We're not here to talk about the Pats right now. We're here to talk about Lamar Jackson. Clay just had yes, to go yes. there. And I will on. say, I Lamar was Jackson has been the most fun football player to watch in a very long time. The guy has an arm, and I think people are just underestimating it. He he knows when to throw, and he's hitting the open receivers. He's making plays with his legs, and on the run, he's throwing the ball out. Did you did you not see the one play this past week where he sidearmed it? But it was it was more than a sidearm. It was like a submarine. Like it was like more than just like to the side of his body. It he's like, like breaking every unwritten rule about being a quarterback, and it's electric. He's he's the next coming of Michael Vick. I said it from the beginning. I said when they were when these when this class was drafted. Either him or Baker was going to be the best quarterback out of this class, and everybody was overhyping Sam Darnold. And Lamar is proving ever is proving that right, and he's just been playing amazing this year. Like he made the playoffs last year, and I think it was highly overlooked because of how how the game ended. I mean, yeah, he had a ball, he had a he had a fumble problem, but has he had one this year? No, exactly. He fixed. It. No, that's not what I'm saying. I, you, no, you're I'm, saying I'm like how saying. the season. Yeah, they got they ended up like getting like who they lose to the Texans. The Texans. Uh, it doesn't really matter. But they were getting blown out for most of the game. Then all of a sudden, Lamar shows up in the fourth quarter, and he just starts doing things on a football field that I've never seen him do in that quarter. Like, yeah, their season ended, and, like, Lamar was a starting quarterback, and, like, they kept flashing, like, do they go back to Joe Flacco? And, like, yeah, Lamar didn't have a good game up until, like, the fourth. But he almost made, like, an unbelievable comeback in the fourth. And he was just making plays left and right that he had no business making on a football field. Oh, no, it was the Chargers. The Chargers, okay. But either way, yeah. He, I don't know what happened. Like they were down by like what twenty, and he came, and they came back. But then the last drive, I was like, "Oh come on, dude, you can't do that." He, bl- he it was just like a terrible fumble, and I don't think he was hit or something like that. It was it was bad. I'll chalk it up to jitters. I don't really care. But like my yeah. my thing with Lamar Jackson is that 
even though he's making these insane plays that we haven't seen since Vic, or even RG3 for that like one season, I'm still not convinced that the Ravens can win just because running quarterbacks and teams that run the option as much as the Ravens do don't typically win championships. I agree, but at the same time, we haven't seen it stopped well enough this year, in my opinion. No, but and I no, think because they have two guys. They're going to start seeing game tape, and if yeah. they figure things out and they figure out how to stop Lamar on the run, not saying that like it's going to be easy. They can, oh, which no, is like crazy because no one's been able to yet. They're just going to be able to stop her. the Ravens' run game. Lamar Jackson's arm alone isn't good enough to win. It's good. It's not great enough. His deep it's good. Not terrible. But if you can figure out a way to stop him on the run, like say he even has a bad game running, which I can see happening, the yeah. Ravens' offense just won't do, won't play well. Yeah, I mean, like I look how easy it was. Marquise Brown had two electric weeks. Week one and two, he was absolutely absurd. What's he done since? Nothing, because teams realized, oh. Like, put a deep safety on him. Get him, like, cover top over the top. But then that's where you start to use more play action. I don't know if the Ravens are doing that because they're just... They're, the, what they're, they're just running the option. Working. Here's the reason why it works for them. It's because Lamar back, Jackson's probably the best quarterback so far to ever run, run an option play in the NFL. And Mark Ingram's just a stud. So either way he goes... Oh, like, Mark Ingram's great, they yeah. run the triple that's option That's the other thing that people too? aren't Probably. understanding is that Mark Ingram is having an amazing season with them, too. They're you know, rushing the ball so well. That dude is but, huge. See, Teams that focus on the rush that much, particularly with their quarterbacks, don't win games in the playoffs as often as others. And I just see like the like them facing, say, like the Patriots, and it'll be the second time the Patriots have seen them, and they'll figure something out and probably win the game. For as great, it's I'm knocking on wood. You can't hear it. It's still funny though. (laughs) Yeah, we hear it. Yeah, we do. Uh, It's funny though, like. As good as our season Ingram's having, he has 667 yards. He doesn't get the ball a lot. And eight scores. But Lamar is leading the team in rushing with 788. Well, of course. And then six touchdowns. It's insane. So Lamar's going to be the next He's going to be the next victim. That's what the, the option next, is. It goes this way or it goes this way. Pick. Exactly. But he's going to be the next guy to have going to have 1,000 rushing yards as a quarterback. Yeah. Those numbers make sense. Exactly. I know they do, which is so crazy. But he's he has run the ball less than because it's just natural for you to want to like prioritize covering the running back when a team runs the option and like everyone sort of bites to the running back to like prevent the toss and then when the quarterback keeps it, it he just counters and it just goes the other way for even more yards i think the most impressive thing is is his touchdown interception ratio is 19 to 5 which is pretty good it's pretty good for a guy who's not supposed to be you know a quarterback right? yeah he doesn't need to throw the ball before successful when he, he was throw the the ball that much when he was running the high, when he was the high, I said he's going to be a wide receiver. He's going to be he's going to be a slot. I didn't I didn't agree with it. And then I thought he got a little bigger. Like obviously he's not big. I thought he got more bigger, like like a little more, enough to play. And he has. And nineteen touchdowns and five picks is pretty good for a guy who's supposed to not be able to throw the ball well. He does have three fumbles this year, but none of them were recovered by the defense. And I just think this is something special to watch. And I mean, obviously it's not my team, it's not my quarterback, but like. I love watching this guy play. Yeah, I feel like it's it's gonna it's we're gonna start seeing commercials for the Lamar Jackson experience. We're gonna see like the video game stuff and the, oh. and the um, roller coaster type rides. Does he have your MVP vote, guys? I, I think I said it earlier, but I was it was behind you guys talking. It, it's a little hard to do this phone thing, but um, yes, <laughs> he is my MVP pick right now, at least. I'm still kind of up in the air. I'm still leaning towards Russell Wilson. I'm still kind of a McCaffrey guy, but he's kind of slow. 
Uh, hey, hey, yeah, no, the, the MVP is a quarterback award. Like, you gotta be had a it is, but it shouldn't be all the time, right? But it's just so hard for running backs to win MVP. Like, that's the only thing. Did AP win it that year? He was nine yards short of the record. Remember uh, that year? I'm not I, sure. What year was it? Wasn't it 2011? That sounds right. Not 2012? Uh, someone had a computer right now. Yeah. Uh, 2011. So. Oh, no. The reason I say Russell Wilson is because, like, arm talent and still being able to run and his ability to, like, scramble. And he's just, like, a winner. He's proven that he's I like, would rather... I'll say this. I'd probably still rather have... Russell Wilson as my quarterback. That's the oh, question. I would. I yeah, would. I totally right would. now I would. Yeah. Oh, it was 2012. That's what I thought. Um, but I just, he... because Russell Wilson is still the only guy in my mind that can legitimately throw the ball and run the ball. No. Yeah. Um. Adrian, yeah. You're right. Adrian Peterson was an MVP, so that he is one of the few guys we've ever seen that's not a quarterback win, and. McCaffrey could be the next guy, but it would have to probably be this year. I don't know if he can. Yeah, but like you look year. at MVP odds currently, like you go one to five, it's like Lamar, then Russ, and then like a few quarterbacks in between. And down number five is like Dak Prescott, and McCaffrey's not even above Dak Prescott. Like yeah, that tells you all you need to know about the MVP award yeah. that it's a quarterback. The award. MVP award is just basically the best quarterback. Like that's literally all it is. And what do you, it, I mean, that it's gotta make sense. Is the quarterback right, your though? leader? Like. Your quarterback, you, you live, you win and lose games with your quarterback. So I mean, but that's not what the Panthers are doing. They're living or winning. They're they're living or dying with McCaffrey. Yeah, and they're a five hundred team. Yeah. So I mean, that tells you all you need to know about having a running back as your like premier leader. But they don't have, they don't have your best player. Doesn't mean you're gonna be McCaffrey's good. When a quarterback is your best player and he's great. You're most likely gonna have at least like nine or ten wins. Yeah, McCaffrey's setting records this year. There's no doubt about that. What he's doing is like historic. But still, it's going to be completely overlooked. I mean, at the same time, the Panthers aren't even going to make the playoffs. So mm-hmm. even when your running back is putting up numbers like he is, it tells you everything you know, need to know about the game of football. Your running back can't win you games. Look at Barkley last year. I mean, everyone was freaking out about Saquon Barkley and how well he was playing in his first year. But now the Giants at... were trash last year. Oh, they're they're terrible. And they're even yeah, worse this year. And McCaffrey's yeah, exactly. having a worse year. So, like, and again, like, what's, what's a running back without a no-line? Exactly. We're seeing what's happening to Saquon. The Giants have zero O-line. And last week, like, before his bye week, he took 13 carries for one yard. So what's running back without his O-line? Nothing. Exactly. It's just the guy trying to fund for himself and fight for three yards. Why do you think, like, I mean, we play fantasy. Like, all of us play fantasy. And we all know that running backs are basically just, like, benefits. Uh, like, they just benefit from opportunity. That's I mean, no, that's, I just that's picked up true. Bo Scarborough this week. Because Detroit's on, like, their four-string running back, and I think he could have a good week because I think the Detroit O-line is going to be solid enough for him to put up modest points. I mean, we're just, like, running backs just, I mean, they can have all the talent in the world. Like, they can be nasty. They can, like, do jump cut. Like, they can do all this stuff. But, I mean, at the end of the day, if he's got nowhere to go and he's running into, like, a front four that can't be blocked by your O-line, like, he's got nowhere to go. And he's just going to be tired. There's nothing you can do when there's, like, two guys in the backfield to meet him. And it also depends on what kind of running back they are and what kind of league you're in. Like, obviously, we're in a... That'll be a pass-catching running back. Sam is also in our league, and, it, and he's doing pretty well. Um, but, yes, if you're if you're in a PPR, it's got to be pass-catching, which Saquon is. Um, but he's they're just not doing that with him. They try to run the ball too much with him. At all. Anytime you see him in a, in a not pass, even, like, and when he tries to... When they throw a pass to him, 
it's on the outside on a swing route, and there's always it's always just a check down and nothing happens. Yeah, and but, like they're all, they always like fall behind early in games, and they can never use them to like they can never get. I don't think he's had twenty plus carries in a game this year yet, and it's because they're always losing and they're always needing to like throw the ball and come from like see like this is why I, I'm so sketchy to put running backs as MVPs, just because I mean. I just think that they're so replaceable most of the time. Exactly. You know? oh, That's no, really what it is. There's a lot of guys that are athletic and can run to certain places when they're told to, but there aren't a lot of guys that can make play calls and handle the pressure of like you know a bunch of defensive ends running at him and throwing the ball to the receiver I in the right him. place. You know, it's it's far more impressive to be a good quarterback. Than a good running back. Like Sam, you remember like week nine? It was late, like like week nine, week ten, week eleven, maybe last year. Pats in Buffalo. Cordero Patterson took like ten carries for fifty yards because the Patriots schemed correctly and the O line dominated the Bills O line. Cordero Patterson took ten carries, like average five yards a carry in that game or something ridiculous. Tells you all I you mean, know about the running back position. Just compare the Patriots' run game this year to last year's when the Patriots had a good old offensive line last year. Sony Michelle was having an amazing season. James White, the first half of last year, was averaging like 80 yards a game or something like that. Sony Michelle right now? But he was playing very well. This year, the run game is not nearly as good as it was. And it's because the offensive line isn't there. It's very important. Yeah. So we basically just completely ruled out any chance of McCaffrey winning an MVP award. But we knew that. But right now, I think it's a toss. I did hate seeing Dak Prescott's odds higher than him. Yeah, that's unfortunately, kind of that, that kind of sucks. But I mean, at the end of the day, that's the decision that the writers make. And I'm not trying to take anything away from McCaffrey. Either. Oh, like, no. He's having an amazing season. It's very impressive. But it's just a matter of who wins the awards in this league. And there's a lot of what he's done. The there's quarters. been multiple games where he's the only one who scores. And it's been like some days he has four touchdowns. I think he's had multiple games where he's had at least three touchdowns. Yeah, of course. And then he's also he can make anybody miss on the outside, which is insane. And he can and he can turn nothing into big playability. Uh, he does. It could be third and twelve, and he could get a swing around on the check down and get a first down. Mm. Like it's it's very well possible, and he's a very great player. It's ridiculous. He's like Adrian Peterson in a lot of ways. Yeah, from I'm a big that, fan from from the early years of from his um heyday. Yeah, I'm a big fan. But uh, I guess we're gonna move on again. Uh, so big weekend in college football. A big news. Tua got. Tag of Viola. Yeah, Tag of I was about to say his name, and then I decided not Tag to. Tag of Viola. I can still never do it. We all know how to say it by now. He's, like, dead. Um, he Dude, <laughs> but here's the thing. Did he, like, dislocate his hip? Yeah, That's I watched a video of him, like, dancing before the surgery. Like, yeah, I think, like... He's not going back to Alabama. Isn't that the same injury that, uh... Dislocated you don't him? think he's going back to Alabama at all? No. Do you th- so, so you still think he's going to declare for the draft this year? I yeah, think that'd be a mistake. I saw a thing. No, no, no. If he falls outside of the first round, he has a, a he um, did an insurance policy thing where he can still get paid for a first round pick. Yeah, like he gets some money back for that. He That's crazy. Lose, I didn't know he doesn't lose all of it. That's what happened to Jalen Smith when he got drafted by the Cowboys. But I think he was still a first round. He might have been a second rounder. But that's what he that did too. In, first, I did round. not. That is so interesting. Yeah, that that could actually happen. I don't know. If that was a thing because I'm sure you guys remember uh, Kyle Woody's class last year, where we learned about how important it is for players to go first round and the disparity in signing bonuses from the first to the second round. Oh, how no. important there's, that is for players. There's insane disparities from a top 10 to a 20th pick. Yeah. it's an, Or from 11 to 10 or 11 to 9. Yeah. It's yeah. insane. And I think, too, I still, before this, I don't know if do that. I still always said he's not 
the best quarterback coming into this class. Yeah. I still said it's either Hurts or Burrow. And right now, I think it's Burrow. Agreed. Burrow is a great quarterback. He's, he, I mean, he beat Alabama, let's be real. <laughs> Come on. Alabama's probably better than three NFL teams right now. Yeah, he can run the ball. Like, he can do it. Burrow shows what LSU has been missing for years because LSU hasn't had a good quarterback for as long as I've been watching football, I feel like. And now that they finally have a good one, they're literally the best team in college football. Yeah. Are they? Did they get ranked number one this week? It's amazing. They did. That's good. I I think they'll stay there. I honestly think they'll stay there. As long as they don't don't choke anything, they should stay. No, I think it could be interesting come SEC tournament time. Um, you know, because they're probably gonna have to play Alabama again, and that could be. They've had some big wins though, and like they can, they can probably afford a loss and stay in the top four at least. Oh, yeah, I but it totally depends agree. on how Ohio State does and how Clemson does. You have to win your because if Clemson championship. loses one game, like they're not gonna be top four. I don't think, right? Yeah, but I, I think that's still unfair though. Because I mean, like they've been handling teams, but at the same time they play in you know a weaker conference. Wait, who? We're talking Clemson. Oh, Clemson, Clemson. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I was, I was Clemson hasn't really faced ranking. anyone though. Like it, it's hard a weak to say, conference. You know? It is, which is why I always wish Notre Dame. And everyone had if they ever moved. They so, would go to the Big Ten. Everyone had such lofty expectations for Clemson. They haven't exactly met them. Trevor Lawrence, you know, he was winning had, games in the beginning of the year. He's had a worse year. He wasn't playing great, and for some reason. Their performance, even though they're winning games, they, it sketches out the committee, and the people don't think they're deserving of a top four spot. I mean, at the end of the day, they're still an undefeated football team. They are. Th- they they're are, still top. They I are mean, three. in my they mind, three. they're still top four. But if they lose one game, they're not because they've oh, been no, they lose just totally right. teams. They've been so dominant, and I'm still convinced that they can beat anyone in college football right now. But if they lose one game, even though they might still be one of the better teams, like. Still a top four team. They go win the ACC championship, and that goes back to the argument of like the committee and what they want to do. Kind of like what happened, like what was it, two, three years ago with like the Wisconsin Ohio State Big Ten game. Yeah, they're kind of throwing out. Long, yeah, um, Alabama was top four, but if, if they lose a game, they don't deserve it. Exactly, they're kind of what the committee's kind of doing recently, which I, you know, I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of a fan of. They're kind of taking resumes and they're kind of throwing them out the door, throwing them out the window. And they're playing a matchup game. Like, who, what game do the people want to see? And that's why Alabama snuck in at four. Because a lot of people think they didn't deserve to be in there. But, I mean, right now, if Clemson will lose a game, I think Oregon should pop in there first. I mean, Alabama's already proven that they can. They would lose to one of these top teams. Not Georgia? I don't know. Georgia is four. Georgia's There's number four, four right four now. now. But I'm saying if Clemson would lose. If Clemson dropped out of the top four, we're talking about a replacement team. Who would replace them? It would them? probably be Georgia at three, and then I, I would guess it would still be Bama at four. I'd rather see Oregon, honestly. I mean, I mean, honestly, I don't want to see Alabama in the no, top nobody four does. this season. But I'm, if any of those teams crash, it would be crash, such a nice change in. of pace to not have Alabama in the playoffs this year. But you say the same thing about Ohio I, State. I still wouldn't be but surprised. they're still like a great team. They're they're far better than they were last year. Yeah, and they're undefeated. I think they're. I think they're more quiet, undefeated. Like I haven't actually heard a lot from them. They're just kind of casual. Because they're just handling teams. They're just like they are. It's just special. like oh, they won again. Oh, yeah. they won again. It's Except for ex- what's his name, who got suspended. Um, the well, end. I should know his name by now. I don't know why I'm blanking on his name. Yeah, I know. Me too. Honestly, though, I wouldn't 
there's plenty of teams that I think still have a chance. Like, I mean, don't sleep on Penn State still, I feel like. They're only two losses. I mean, Minnesota probably won't get it, but, like, they've been playing great. Oklahoma's still in. Oh, I'm Utah, sl- maybe. I don't know exactly who they faced, but I'm sleeping there's plenty on of teams State. that are still in the running, at least. I'm also you know? very much against Penn State, so. Well, but, that's that's different. I know. <laughs> that's <laughs> I know. a little different. Penn State's <laughs> having a good year. You know who's not having a good year? The University of Massachusetts football. <laughs> <laughs> if if you look there. up the college football rankings, like the not just like the top 25, like the full rankings they have them, UMass is like the bottom like two or three every single week. It's... <laughs> Tragic. No, no, Andy Isabella to help him out. He just caught like an eight-yard touchdown the other week. Yeah, he did. He's, I think he's going to be successful with the Cardinals if he stays there for a little while. But you know who uh, did have a... You know what? I'm not going to say Ithaca had a good football season. I'm going to say it had a disappointing season. It ended... Uh, it very well did. They were supposed... To, they they dropped their last two games before Cortica. Um, their, the quarterback had an awful game against Union. Every ball he was throwing looked like a duck. Bad game against RPI. Yeah, they got cut, they got washed. Then they came out, and first of all, I want to say this: a great experience overall being at that. Cortica game. was unreal. Reporting on it was Sam. insane. I was. The best you know, I'm actually. Life. I was actually so jealous that I wasn't there. Like literally, like I still have like a partial Ithaca like social media feed, and seeing <laughs> people's pictures at the game and stuff like that, I'm like, damn, this actually looks kind of cool. Yeah, it was so much fun. No, yeah, I yeah. got to I got to be on the field. I got to go in the press box and in the. Booth. Clay and I had very different experiences. Yes, we did. Um, I took the tailgate experience route, fan rowdy, and much Clay more fun. kind of I, much I'm, more fun. I'm very envious. No, you, I'm not gonna lie. You guys know what kind of route I would take if I was there. Oh, <laughs> we know. We know what route you would take. We know but, how boards was. But this is what <laughs> this was what I was saying. I was standing there and I was like, "This was more fun than the uh, the big Kendall Day here at school," and. I was oh, that's impossible. It was amazing. It was that. so fun. Like I got to report on a on an actual NFL stadium, not halfway sec through my second year of college. Like where else is that going to happen? I don't know. Like it's a my, very interesting scenario. My friend, I will admit. My One thing I'll Max, say is I didn't realize how good Ithaca football was until I came here. One of my I was talking to one of my friends from high school, and he played Division three football at Mass Dartmouth last year. And he was telling me about all these amazing Division three football schools with, like, D1 talent, blah, blah, blah. And he mentioned SUNY Cortland. And I'm like, bro, what? <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, SUNY Cortland. They, their team is insane. And I'm like, dude, you, you know who beat them last year and two years ago and probably this year? Ithaca College. And Four it just, straight, baby. Three. It was a very strange realization. I was like, holy crap. Like, for Division three football, they were pretty legit. Funny thing is, in my opinion, the only person that was on that field that ever has a real shot at touching an NFL field again is our kicker. Yeah, and he missed two kicks. Granted, there were some people who were trying to tell me, like, well, in that stadium, the wind swirls a lot, and that's why I'm like, you still got to make the kick, dude. Yeah. Some of them... I, I don't think, think anyone two, has two a of them were No one D3 goes to... Kickers are different. Kickers are very usually. different. Kickers are different. They can pull those kids out of soccer teams. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, but if no, but if he is to go D one, he pro. I mean, to go to the NFL, he'd probably switch to a D one school for like senior year. There's a lot of kids that do that. They start at Division three schools. They kick like a fifty yard field goal, and they're on like like a Big Ten team or something like that. But this kid I don't has think he'll be able to stay at Ithaca. 
and he, make it to the NFL. He didn't miss a kick all year until that game. Granted, a couple, two or three of them were blocked or yeah, They got good pressure on uh, a lot of his kicks. They did, but I'm sure it's a big stage. Like he, he probably got spooked maybe a few times. Like, but I think it would have mattered more if he would have costed them a lot in the game because they really didn't. No, because um, the Cortland kicker missed a few. He missed one or two, but also it was because a big thing was that was it twenty three to nine. Or twenty three to six to start the second half. Nineteen to six to start the second half. And then we scored a touchdown after we put them in a three and out. Yeah, Cortland came back a little bit due to some questionable officiating. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> very questionable. Most egregious. The one, the one on the your PI side on the, the field. The one on your side of the field in the, end in the zone? corner. That was PI. We saw. I looked at the replay afterwards. And it was. It was PI. I thought the referee. I thought it didn't have to be called. The one who was standing right in front of it was like hesitant, but the one from the back was like, oh. Hell no, that's a flag, and threw it right away. I was like, "You're farther away," but I mean, I looked at the I looked up at the screen and saw the replay. It was pi. I gotta admit that, and they scored. But then we went down and killed the clock, and then put the dagger in them with that touchdown. That was nuts. They did a Sam. They did a they did a double fake reverse. Like they they did a one handoff play action, and then a receiver jet sweep, came, like, yeah, came on an end around on a jet sweep, fake that, and then they hit the receiver in the corner between the five and the end zone, and then he ran in. That on fourth down too. It was third and six. Third and six. It was wow. Third and six. With a, and Cortland still had a timeout, so it was pretty. It was pretty big. What was the um the attendance for the game? Forty five thousand. It was a D three. Wow. That sink. It was a D three. Yeah. Um, it was a D three record. Must, that number must be flowing all around the Ithaca College. It is ingrained in my like life. yo. Forty five thousand people were at the game. No, no, that's actually amazing. So that's probably the. The record now. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, the record. It is the record. Previous record was like 37. Yeah. That's the funny awesome. thing is, not, really cool. like, not even the whole bowl was filled. Yeah, like, you like, understand how big MetLife is. After I mean, MetLife is like, what, like 80,000 probably? It's so about it's 80. probably half full. Yeah. Yeah, it was about 80. It was, it was still pretty loud. There was one kid who asked me, he was like, do you think this amounts to, like, Seahawks level loudness? I looked at him, I was like, are you stupid? Yeah. I was like, no. He's like, what are you talking about? Like, um, I mean, fucking, but standing on the uh, field, it was still pretty am, electric. Am I allowed to swear? <laughs> uh, we don't really care. <laughs> I don't care, bud. Like, I mean, like, as fun as it probably was, you can probably go to a fucking, like, Miami Dolphins Redskins game and it, it'll be louder than that, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, nah, not in Washington. Not in Washington. In Miami, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I just nah, still think that is... Once you get to those higher levels, it's still gonna... That's more people that have been to any... UMass game all year, and I can assure you that. I believe it. Yeah. For UMass home games, are they it's just one or two? Fat tailgate in the parking lot that everyone goes to, and then right when the game starts, everyone walks back to their room and goes to bed. <laughs> this was so sick, dude. We had like tailgates from like the class of like 1980 had a tailgate. Oh no, yeah, there class was there was like, a lot of alumni. Mm. Oh, that's dope. That's dope. We made a lot. Of, we made a lot of money that that we've been missing. <laughs> Oh, Listen, really? about missing. Yeah, I mean, I know like, that the money in Ithaca is not the best right now, but that's a whole other issue, right? No, yeah, money's right. We're, we're tight on funds. Yeah. I think college tight on funds. That's tough. Dude, that's we'll be, tough. like, applying for a job in, like, five years, and we're going to put a college degree on our resume, and, yeah. like, like the, uh, and, like, our, the bosses are going to be, like, Ithaca College. What's Ithaca College? It's like, oh, it used to be a thing. No, no, it's not, it's not like that, like, in our kind of, in our line of work that we're trying to go into, it's very well known still. 
Yeah, for you guys, good. it's I want professors that pitching a but show. Honestly, to for me, I feel like I feel like I left at the exact right time because for business, like, not that Ithaca business is necessarily bad. Like, I'm not trying to rash on them, but if Ithaca is not a school in like five, ten years, which I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if it were to, that's a trajectory. <laughs> that's not that's not something that I'd want to put on my resume. Yeah, but and for you guys. Like, obviously, for Park, it's a lot different. Park and PT and OT, it's the big three. And then music. But say you get, like, a, I don't know, like a psychology degree or something like that out of Ithaca College. That's going to get you nowhere. It's non-existent 10 years from now. That's not the best look in the world. No. <laughs> Unless you're, like, a little... You're and it may not necessarily say anything about you. Like, maybe you just want to go to school there. But no, yeah, like, there are people who live in Ithaca that go here, and it's just easier for them, and they want to do that. Yeah, but it's just, I don't know. They're going to have to figure something out, clearly. Whether it's, like, lower the enrollment or something and down, like downscale the campus. I don't know. We're not talking about sports anymore. Yeah, so. well, that kind of happens sometimes here. Did you say you have a function to go to? I do. I have a mixer that I should probably leave for. Like now, but I go for it. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, I have one more question for you guys, though. All right, yeah, what it. do you got for us, bud? Disney Plus, what do you guys think? Woo, I love fan. that, I love it. It's bringing me back my childhood. You Dude, know what? I love even more, Sam. I was, wait, what? You know what? I love even more. What? I love Disney Plus, plus Hulu, plus ESPN Plus for $13 a month. I so I actually didn't do that because I have Verizon Unlimited. Oh, so I have the year for free. It was really hard to set up, but I figured it out how to do it today. And the second I I opened Disney Plus, especially for me, like huge Marvel, Star Wars fanatic, Disney fanatic. I I watched Disney Channel as a kid too, you know. And I'm just scrolling through this library, and I'm just thinking, holy shit! Have you seen? Have you watched any of the Mandalorian yet? So, I wa- so here's the thing. Just don't, I just don't spoil anything. Just give me your one night last weekend at about three in the morning. And let's just say I didn't get much out of it. Right, leave man. it at that. <laughs> I watched the first episode again today. And I, I thought it was good. <laughs> all right. All right. Maybe I should check it out. I have a lot of questions, though. Yeah. You cool. know, about like, like who that baby is. That's definitely Yoda. Dude. You know? I think it was Yoda. <laughs> I don't, I mean. If but how cute is it? Yoda. Yoda's not alive but unless he's like reincarnated or some bullshit, I don't know. And I'm very curious to see what that baby does. How cute is the little guy? Oh, adorable. <laughs> Yoda's never looked more adorable. <laughs> All right, buddy. Wait, Sam, I have a question for you in turn. Yes. There's a bit of a debate going around going around the group because I recently, after coming back from Quartica, made a stop at Popeye's, brought oh, home my. a couple Popeye's chicken sandwiches. Have you had both? I actually have not had both. Ah, okay. I was going to ask you because Tracy's very but adamant I that Popeye's say, better than Chick-fil-A. I will say that the Chick-fil-A sandwich, as good as it is, I can't say anything about the Popeye sandwich until I try it. And I feel like it's going to be better. It's being slept on. It's a very good sandwich. I'm not going to say it's got the edge. Very good sandwich. I really want to try it. There aren't that many Popeye's around here. But I really want to try it. Yeah, not much it around here. So the debates are running thin. I was hoping like maybe you'd have a perspective. It's not no big deal. It's cool, but uh, I'm a huge food guy too. So like I gotta try it, you know. But if you ever yet. try it, 
we'll be happy to have you back on. Yes, I will love that. We can just have a whole episode about like sandwiches. <laughs> book it, book it, book it book happy. Go to your mixer, All right. bud. All right, dude. All right, see you later. Boys. Thanks for coming. Take on, care, bud. boss. All right, have a nice night. Yep. See ya. All right. You heard Sam Boards, legends. Uh, no, there's no one on the glass like Sam Boards. I miss him so much. We miss Sammy a lot. He's a great dude. We love oh, Mike, around, but... I wanted to get back to you about this. So remember our food debate about which games and whatever? So my cousin, big hockey guy. Okay. Played since what is he? he was, played since he was two. Played in college. Coaches, coaches a local high school team where he's at now. His thing is pizza and hockey. That's the combo. I can get behind that. All right, all right, that's what I'll say. Because we did that a lot growing up, like when when we had family pizza nights, like you know, like my I cousins like that a lot. and my grandparents. There might be a hockey game every, once every Friday night. That'd be something we would do, and I can see pizza it. Night. And I like it. I also just like to throw in the wings. That's just what I like to do. Okay, I that's no, just me. That's just me. I have to respect that. I have to respect that. <laughs> pizza and hockey, I can get behind. Maybe we gotta start doing that a little more often. Oh yeah, but just not now when I have about. Zero dollars. When the funds are low. When the funds when the funds get a little higher, when the we funds can talk then. Uh, but anyways, big thing I've been high on this week for some unknown reason. I've been big into hockey. I think I'm just in like that mood as I've been watching the Flyers play well until they've dropped three straight, which really sucks. And they're down by two currently to the Panthers. Um, but obviously your Bruins very hot. Pasternak, is he still leading the league in goals? Yeah, he scored again tonight. Here's my the thing with the Bruins that's very frustrating for me right now. I think we played five overtime games. I think we've lost all of them. Oh, the Flyers played. We're struggling in OT. Games. It's very. It's we're not the best. I mean, we. The last game we played against the Islanders is very frustrating. I was not able to watch it as I was in Manhattan. Pasta has two goals tonight. All right, and they they had a three goal lead, thirteen minutes left in the period in the game, and they blow it. And then they lose it in overtime or another shootout. I mean, how how much worse can I get? Like, like I don't get it. Like you're up three nothing. Like you got to put that away. Yeah. Like you can't. You Bruins can't are the same thing to the Panthers though. We give it before a goal lead to the Panthers and lost yeah. overtime. But, the Flyers. Are hey, that's hockey. No lead safe in hockey. No such thing as a safe lead in hockey. That's why I love hockey. Sort of like the Bruins lost that game. I was upset, but I was kind of just like, well, that's why we love hockey, isn't it? No. Yeah, and I agree. And like, although hockey did piss me off a little bit the other day. <laughs> Because I was very upset to see that Avalanche player get uh, drilled. Yeah, I didn't see any video. I didn't see anything. I did Price hear shot. about it. Um, he was he was what bleeding and he was like gushing blood, basically unconscious. Yeah, under like not moving and play continues. They didn't blow play dead, and I forget what the other team scores. Come on. Yeah, it's a little rough. Bad I know there's certain rules where the refs aren't supposed to blow the whistle. Um, like if a player just gets hurt, but he's like able to walk. And like able to basically like get off. A player's finish shifts wall with a broken leg. That's hockey. Yeah, but like if he's on the ground and he's like gushing and he can barely move, that's different. Yeah. Like I've seen, like obviously players like block shots and like they break something that happens. Then they keep playing on. Then they go. Then when they finish their shift, they go off and they're like, all right, Locker we're room, back there. Some, yeah. let's, let's go check this out. Some shattered. But I mean, that's a little different. That's that's very very different. Um, and I think it's very something that the league is gonna have to look at. And I know, it's it's a bad look. It really is. For as much as a great game it is, and there's a lot of violence in it, which is also another good aspect of it. That's pushing it a little too far, in my opinion. Correct. And then another bad look was the whole Don Cherry incident. Oh yeah, he's what was he said that? Well, the, his issue was you know Canadian guy uh, on broadcast. And he's like, you know they have he's remembrance like day. Years old. They have remembrance day. 
Um, you could say he's got some conservative views. It's like our, it's like our veterans guy. No issues with yeah, and he thinks believes amongst a lot of other people in Canada that everyone should be wearing a poppy on Remembrance Day. It's a little flower, um, that everyone wears in remembrance of those who have fallen. And um, he had issue. Uh, I, it was just like in the context of the situation, he didn't ex- exactly reference immigrants not wearing the poppy. No, but he the problem basically he just did. said everyone needs to be wearing one, but everyone knew who he was talking about. Well, the words he used was you people, which yeah. very well sparked it. And I know that from listening and hearing about what this guy's about, apparently he is a guy who will stand up and do anything for any kind of veteran for Canadian, for, for, for Canadian, for Canada. Um, and I've also heard that he's just like one of the nicest guys ever and would do anything. He'd give you the shirt off your back if you were needed it. Um, that's just something different, and I really think that I think it was over exaggerated. And then what's her name? Um, who came out and a worthless pundit? Yeah. Um. What it was on her show. I don't remember what show it was, but she came out and said that every hockey player is just um this white boy who has who's just a bully and doesn't like care about people or whatever. It's just a jerk and like does all that kind of stuff. And how she said, "I'm Canadian and I've never." once help looked at hockey as an as an idol or pet it, put it on a pedestal and it's like you're just over generalizing and over generalization like you you're like this guy didn't do anything wrong necessarily like he's 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 probably not a worse guy he's i mean he's 80 years old and he's it's gonna always probably say something that's safe not right. to not bring politics into exactly sports but this but. lady just crossed the line in my opinion and i really think that you know she obviously offended a lot of people in the hockey industry or in the hot in the sport of hockey and there's a lot of people where a lot of hockey players do so much good for so many people. You know how many fundraisers hockey hockey teams have to do growing up? Yeah, I mean, like the Blues. That sport is extremely expensive to play. Do you know how much how much money teams have to raise? Everything all the, time? the blue, everything the Blues did for that girl Layla during their playoff run, little Layla, the girl with cancer, everything the Blues did for her. Like, yeah, it sucks seeing the Bruins lose, but it was great to see Layla get to celebrate a championship with St. Louis. Everything the Blues did for her. And everything the Blues, like, everything, it's just like, come on, how are you going to come out and say something like that? Right. That's just somebody who has, like, she must have, like, some sort of personal vendetta. Maybe some hockey player kicked her ass on the playground back in early school. I don't know. And, like, like I know the I mean, thing, it's on. like. It's That's just, just childish. What she said is childish. It was. And I think it's this whole part of, like, the cancel, the cancel era that we're living in right now. Yeah. Where if you don't like left, right, cancel middle, culture. whatever. Cancel culture, that's what it is. And if no one has thick skin anymore. It's like, it's both sides though, and it's a lot of people doing a lot of different things. And a lot of it's like, if no matter what side you're on, you see somebody, you're digging for something to bring it up in like years past. Yeah, I mean, and like, you're just looking to like shut them down, like, make sure they don't do anything anymore. It's like, really? You remember when all the baseball players were just getting shit on for like tweets they from back in like high school? Yeah, okay, so Josh Hader said something racist back when he was in high school. Doesn't mean he But, I mean, that just meant, like, and then all of a sudden, everyone just starts digging through, like, baseball players. No one's safe. Like, I mean, no. And that's why... You've like, got to be careful, for sure. Like, you just have to be careful on this out. You just have exactly. to know. You have to know... You have to take precautions, because someone... Say. You have to be smart about it. Someone's always going to get offended by anything you say. Right. But that's the, the one of the biggest things. Um, but, like, what I was saying, like, with the money, like, hockey players, it costs a lot to play hockey, and it costs a lot to... To be able to go That's to right. places. That's right. Ice skates. You know, it, but exactly. to f- the fact that how much stuff they've done, like young, like youth hockey leagues and men's leagues, not men's leagues, um, uh, under 18 teams, um, yeah, what they do to, to what, what they do to take their time out to go raise funds for like people and like charities and stuff is insane when they can barely like, 
when it's hard to play the sport themselves. When it's hard for them to be able to play the sport they love. And I think a lot of hockey players just are better people than I think what is given credit for. Um, when this game is obviously it's a very violent game, but like I've seen it in a state where Claude Giroux and Sidney Crosby were at each other's throats for how many years, and then they had to go play on Team Canada together, and and they like got to know each other a little bit more. To be honest with you, I never really knew this generalization was a thing no, until yeah. this person brought it up. I was like, wait, that's what we think of hockey players. I never got the memo. Like I don't. I don't think that's what Goodness the general gracious. thing was, and I think that was just her, basically, you know, just... just I, I think she stands alone. She and does. I'm glad that a lot of people are realizing that, and she doesn't speak for and I anybody think, but herself. And I think that, you know, one thing you can do, I, it's very hard to not do it, but to come at her angrily and, and like, you know, throw out your own derogatories towards her or whatever, you should really sit down and talk to her. You know, maybe show her some stuff. Like, show her, like, the good side of hockey. Yeah. And I may be just rebuttering of what some people have said, what the um, the hosts of Spin Chickles might have said. Um, I've been listening to that podcast and started to because my cousin told me to. And it's very great. It's a very great podcast. Um, but I take I, what I heard from them and I was I agreed. And it was very much you to stop that that kind of culture. You need to not fight, fight back with that same fire, which is very uh-huh. hard. And I think a lot of people are trying to be a better person. You got to be the bigger person. It's all. It's all. And it's unfortunate that I mean, when I when I see hockey, I see all that stuff on the surface, and unfortunately, she can see any of the stuff on the surface, and someone just has to show her. Exactly. It's not like you have to clap back at her and say, "That's just proving her right." Right. Even though she's not. So. But. Despite all that, what have you made of this early season so far, and what has kind of stood out to you? Well, we've reached the quarter mark. Right. I think Um, the biggest surprise to me is the Panthers. Like I didn't see this coming. And they just beat the Flyers five to two. Very sad, very annoying. And they just they have twenty seven points. So there's that. They're second in the Atlantic. Uh, they're a point above Montreal. They were just in third. Now they moved up to second. One. They're four behind Boston. Like every, everything's starting to take shape. You saw in the beginning of the year the Sabres were off to a hot start. Cooled back. They, they brought it back a little bit. A lot of teams like that have kind of you know, dialed it back, and everything's fallen into place. And kind of at the moment's right where we thought it would be. Um. And you're kind of starting to see the stars like coming back out. Um, you look at the stars of the week this week; it's McKinnon and McDavid again. So you're kind of seeing everything starting to take shape, and everyone's sort of like finding the rhythm, finding their groove. The teams that are falling back are, and you know, not not to say it's a good thing. Um, you know, we certainly had a lot of great content in the game there. Like, can we keep, can the Sabers keep this pace or something like that? But once again, we see the Capitals leading the charge. Bruins the Capitals just insane. The Capitals are playing unreal. Thirty six points. Yeah. Like it's it's freaking amazing. The Penguins had a tough start, but you know once again, once again they're right back in the thick of things. The Islanders no. are still up there again. They're second, and Carolina's playing very well again, coming off their postseason run. Yeah, and like I'm happy to see that they kept their hot start. You know the Blue Jackets have kind of fallen off, not being able to keep pace. Right. The Rangers, they were kind of like some people around here were like, oh, the Rangers, oh, they started out pretty well. It's like okay, well now they only have eighteen points. And they're seventh in the in the Met. Like they're not doing very well. They they're literally like the same team as the as the. But at the moment, like the I'm looking at right I'm looking at the current playoff picture, and nothing really shocks me other than I'm looking at the Coyotes. Um, that, yes, that, obviously the addition of Phil Kessel has that's made a difference. That yes, Phil Kessel is. A People thought he was old, washed up. You know, which I'm not gonna say he's playing as well as he used to in his heyday with like Maple Leafs and the Penguins. But you know, he's still Phil Kessel, and he's still cranking out wins out there, and he's kind of changed the culture of Arizona. They're currently, like, second in the Pacific, I think, which is kind of crazy. Good for them. Florida Panthers are third in the Atlantic again. Teams who you don't really expect to see there are kind of, you know, they're kind of on the bubble. But 
you know, I, but I think, Everything honestly, like, way, yeah. one thing I'm a little shocked at, the Pittsburgh's only at four. They have 24 points. I thought they'd be a little Well, you know, they, they've dealt with injuries. Sidney Crosby and yeah, Kenny Malkin um, both have dealt with injuries so far. So, to see them kind of pushing through um, this little bit of turmoil here, um, I think it's an encouraging sign for them. Uh, you know, when, I'm get, when Malkin and Crosby are on the ice together, obviously, like, it's a very dangerous duo. And it's tough times trying to stop that. Um, but other than that, you know, the Canadians are kind of coming back to the pack. Um, yeah, good Marshall, for them. Yep, yep, they're back up to 26. Um, I think one that's – I'm surprised how far down Toronto is right now. They're only at 22 points. Uh, they haven't had the best. The Leafs and the Lightning are currently not even in the playoff picture. I mean, it's, it's not absurd to talk playoff very picture. Early, but... Very early for a playoff picture. Most teams aren't up to multiple or double digit wins yet. Anybody can be anywhere. We saw what the Blues did last year. They were last in the league. Right. They're last in the league. They won the Stanley Cup. So, you know, it's kind of a, not pointless to get into it now, but this is just where we stand at the moment. We've reached that quarter mark. Mm-hmm. Um, how quickly did it go by? Very. And all right. I mean, they have lost one, two. They've lost five in a row, and they've got Las Vegas tomorrow. Um, they got they got absolutely trounced by the Penguins, six to one. They got dominated in that game. It was not it was not a good game for the for the Maple Leafs. Um, but obviously, like, I can't shy away from it. It's my team. I got to talk Flyers real quick. I think they've been very like inconsistent. They're very streaky this year. They had started off okay, then they were kind of fell off. They kind of fell back. Their goal, neither goaltender was playing very well. Hart's been inconsistent so far. They're at twenty four. They're sitting in a wild card spot right now, right behind, right behind the Penguins. And they got they got destroyed by the Penguins too. It was a very bad game. And then, and then um, they went on and, ro- and won a bunch of games in a row. And they like they went through how many shootouts, and they lost how many shootouts in a row now. And they just lost to the Panthers. And I'm just like. Is this team gonna be good? Or are they gonna be bad? Like, what's going on right now? Like, they're just kind of all over the place, and it's very frustrating. Here's my final take on the NHL. Uh, I won't get into the Bruins. If you want to hear me get into the Bruins, listen to my other podcast, the Hockey Podcast. We are filming episode seven tomorrow. Uh, Shorty, a hockey podcast, being my co-host Jackie. We do a great job. It's about an hour every week. You just give it a listen. It's up on Spotify. You can catch it. Um, so you can hear my uh, thoughts on the Bruins as of right now. Pasternak's obviously doing Pasternak things. But my final take on the NHL right now at the moment is just this. Um, the NHL continues to give and give and give. And it's probably one of the most fun sports to follow. I think it's, a lot of people can agree on that. It's one of the best. It's it's honestly. There's the, nothing like the Stanley Cup playoffs. There's nothing. I mean, in my opinion, I think it's soon going to take a higher rank in like the sports rankings over soccer. I think most people in the country would say soccer is better. But I still think hockey's going to eclipse it soon. I honestly think, I mean, you can't say the MLS is bigger than the NHL. I meant soccer as a whole. Like, worldwide, whatever, like, people's favorite sports. Here in America, I think hockey already has it, but... I wouldn't say... There's I a big, English, well, there's a, there's a big Premier League following in the United States. I follow a Premier League team. I'm a big Chelsea guy. I love the Blues. I follow Christian Bilicic, USA soccer star. He's tearing it up at Chelsea right now. Couldn't be happier. But currently in the NHL, I mean, it continues to be exactly what we need it to be. It's high intensity. It's great. Players play every day. Like we said, there's no load management. Uh, players have a little too much pride to, you know, sit out games, and I love it. I love the physicality, and, and you know, there's really nothing to hate about hockey at the moment. So, I mean, you, you're sitting on an NHL vibe right now. When, when isn't it an NHL vibe? Well, I think it's just because, like, recently I've just been I've been able to watch the Flyers more recently. Yeah. I've had more, like, I've had more breaks to be able to watch them. I've 
enjoyed it. Um, and just following with them. Like, I'm driving down. I was driving down to Jersey to go to that MetLife game for the quarter cup, and I was listening to it, and it was fun. Um, not, not that it was always totally fun. I mean, I still lost when I was listening. But, I mean, like, obviously, we're planning on going to a Flyers-Bruins game in Philly over Christmas break. It's going to be a good time. And I'm very excited for that. We'll get some pizza. Because pizza. Probably not at the stadium. I'm getting a cheese. No, we're getting cheesesteaks. I'm getting a cheesesteak. Yeah, Wells man. Fargo, you're in Philly. Tony Luke's back. If you don't get one, I don't know if it's Tony Luke's. But if you, don't, if you don't get one, you're smacked. You're smacked. Yeah, unless you're just solely on there for crab fries or if you're just like going cheap and buying a $10 crab dollars. fry bucket, not worth it. No, it's worth it if it's the only thing you get. Yeah, fair. Um, but I will say, I think one thing I'll say about a lot of hockey players, those guys are some of like the funnest guys you can ever be around, in my opinion, and seeing things. Great personalities. Oh, great down to earth guys. There exactly. egos. There's none. There's no. I mean, well, sometimes <laughs> on the ice, there's plenty of ego. I think with with certain players. Yeah, I'm talking more in reference to the media. Oh, okay. Maybe that's just because of lack of media coverage. We don't see the ugly. No, yeah. Um, but like, I guess the only ugly is like when like fights break out, cheap shot, and, yeah, cheap yeah. shot stuff. But like, I still hate Samuel Kadri. That's part of the game. Yeah. I mean, maybe not cheap shots, but like, you watch old Flyers stuff and old Flyers Penguins rivalries. That's what got both crowds riled up. If you're at either stadium, and like the players feed off of it too. Um, but I just love it. And those guys are like outside of hockey. Like those are some of the funnest guys to be around. And uh, that's one sport I wish I played. I really yeah. I, I'm in total agreement. I used to watch my friend's high school hockey games and I used to be like, man, how come I never got into that sport? I've never I played it in my life and I really regret it. I played street hockey growing up with some guys who actually did play hockey and hockey was just never in the cards. I don't know. My parents never like put me in the league or nothing it like that. It is very expensive. It is very it's expensive. Very that's probably expensive. why. Probably a why. stick costs more than a baseball bat most times. Mm-hmm. And those things break a lot. Yeah. So big hockey guys today. We've reached a bo- we've reached uh the boiling point here, and I think that is the end of our show tonight. Good discussion. Good shit. With that being said, good night everyone. Signing off. See ya.